Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham. With us is Elliot Abrams, Senior Fellow for Mideastern Studies at the Council of Foreign Relations, also a former official in the Bush administration. Great post at weeklystandard.com, Elliot, about the uh, how the situation between America and Israel didn't just happen, that it actually was manufactured by the Obama administration from the beginning. Right. Uh, that's the title, The Manufactured Crisis. And you know, I start by reminding people that Obama became president before Netanyahu became prime minister. So the the bad feeling, the hostility that emerged right at the beginning of this administration was not because of anything Netanyahu did. He hadn't even done anything yet. Um, but it was there right at the start, and it has remained and grown over these six years. And uh, it is odd that when you, as you do in the piece, you walk back how as soon as uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu took office, there was uh, it was almost as though there was a, uh, a trap planted that was guaranteed to cause conflict over the uh, issue of uh, of uh, settlements. Yep. Yeah, settlements. Uh, people don't remember that on this second day in office in January of 2009, Obama appointed George Mitchell, the former Democratic Majority Leader to be his special uh, Middle East envoy. And Mitchell is the person who wrote a report about how we should bar, we should try to bar any construction in Israeli settlements at all, including, his term, including natural growth, meaning the natural expansion of population by there being more births than deaths. So that was picking a fight uh, with the Israelis at the very beginning of the administration. Uh, the, the Bush administration had gotten a deal with the government of Israel about settlements, limiting uh, settlement growth to just uh, building up and in, no physical expansion. So what some people have called the, the Google Earth map or the peace map doesn't change. The Obama administration wasn't interested in that. And I think it's really because Obama is a man of the left and Netanyahu is obviously on the right, and they just didn't like him. And they were, uh, they were going to have a confrontation with him no matter what. You know, George Will said, I think it was yesterday, that they're just on a different wavelength because, quote, one's a commando and the other's a community organizer. Is, is that <laughs> kind of part of what you're talking about? It's part of it. There's no question that there's a personal problem here. But um, as I say in that post uh, for the standard, you know, there are ways around that. There was a point in the George W. Bush administration, when I was in the White House, uh, French President Chirac and Bush didn't get along at all, could barely speak to each other. So you work around it. We had the French National Security Advisor come here to Washington almost once a month, um, where he would meet with the Secretary of State and the National Security Advisor, and uh, the French Ambassador would be there. We'd have little teams, and we would go through all of the bilateral questions so that the difficult relations at the top didn't poison the relationship. That's what President Bush wanted us to do. I think President Obama is actually reasonably happy with the poisoned relationship here. Uh, and so what about the appointees around him? Have they worked on end-arounds similar to the one you just described with Jock Iraq? Excuse me, Jock Chirac? Uh, no, you know, um, there are always ways to work around difficulties at the top if the man at the top wants you to. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's what the president wants. So you have Susan Rice uh, jumping in recently uh, to call the Netanyahu speech destructive. And it's very clear for people who worked on these issues that she has not built the kind of relationship with officials in the prime minister's office in Jerusalem that existed in the Bill Clinton administration or the George W. Bush administration. 
the relations at, at all levels in the White House have been pretty bad. Uh, and that, that, you know, that comes from the top. When the president wants something to happen, it happens in a situation like this. And this president hasn't really wanted warm, close, cooperative relations with Israel. Uh, you know, one of the uh, issues that this affects is the real life, you know, negotiations with Iran. What kind of deal are we going to get if we're going to get a deal? And a lot, I think a lot of people have been heartened that some prominent Democrats have stepped up and said, look, Mr. President, you know, there are boundaries we will not cross. But I, it seems to me, I've noticed that those voices are fading, that more and more it seems that Senate Democrats are prepared to fall in line behind a deal that just 18 months ago or two years ago they would have said would be unacceptable. Am I reading that wrong? No, you're reading it right. And, of course, the interesting question is what happened, why? And I think here again, uh, this is Obama policy. That is, uh, if we debate this on the merits, you'll find a lot of Democrats, even now, Senator Menendez, um, Elliot Engel, uh, congressman on the Foreign Relations Committee in the House, who have major objections to the Iran deal that's appearing. If this is to be done on the merits, they will distance themselves from the administration. So instead, what the president wants to do is turn it into partisan politics. He wants to say, see, this is Netanyahu, the right-winger, who's running for re-election, and uh, all he wants is to make trouble with me and win his election, and it's the right versus the left, and it's all politics. And unfortunately, a good number of Democrats in the House and Senate are, I think, falling in. They're being told, you know, choose Obama or choose Netanyahu, and they're being loyal to uh, the Democratic Party's president, uh, Barack Obama. Uh, so this, this tactic on the part of the president, unfortunately, seems to me to be working uh, pretty well for him. I think that <clears throat> he is really trying here to prevent Netanyahu from making an argument on the merits on Iran. He's trying to kind of poison the well by saying in advance, it's all politics, don't listen to it, it's all politics. Uh, and, you know, he's having, again, a bit of success. Uh, you mentioned in your piece that he's having success at the purely partisan uh, level and uh, that while America continues to support Israel, the makeup of the people supporting uh, Israel, getting Israel's back, is changing. Yeah, this, you know, if you look at polls over the last, well, take six years <clears throat> of the Obama administration, um, the level of support for Israel in the United States is very high, and it is, uh, if anything, it's it's rising. But the composition changes. The g partisan gap is growing. That is to say, the difference between <clears throat> levels of support among Democrats and levels of support among Republicans, <clears throat> it has grown um, well into double digits now, and on some measures can be 20, 30, even 40 percent. Um, I think that the president is quite satisfied with that outcome. One last question for you, and it's about the lines, you know, where, where these lines are. The line when it comes to Iran, that and we'll, say, we'll have two aspects here, that Israel would say, sorry, America, you, you can't cross the line, you can't go there, we're going to have to either act or you know, do something. And then the line that you think Democratic allies of the presidents in Washington would not cross. You know, um, if you had asked me that question two or three or five years ago, I would have said the line the Israelis are drawing and the line 
that most Americans are drawing are <clears throat> very close together. But today, most of the Democrats on the Hill seem to be going along with the president so far on a deal that is, in fact, going to permit Iran to continue to build ballistic missiles, continue to work on warheads, continue to run up to somewhere between five and 10,000 centrifuges, and creep closer and closer to a nuclear weapons capability. Obviously, the Israelis are saying that cannot be permitted to happen. And the two lines, if you will, the American line and the Israeli line, which were once very close together, are growing apart with each passing month as we, the United States, make more and more concessions to Iran. Elliot Abrams, thanks so much for your time. We really appreciate it. My pleasure. You've been listening to the Weekly Standard Podcast. Please be sure to check weeklystandard.com regularly for podcast updates. I'm your host, Michael Graham.